Rabbanin, it's automatic. Um, I, I tell you, you could put it here. That means taken care of. According to um, Rameyer, I actually have to say, put it here and I will keep an eye out for it. But even then, the question is, what exactly am I guaranteeing you? So let's see in the Gemara. Obviously, I'm not going to let my animals gore yours. I'm not going to let my dog bite your things, eat your food. Uh, is that the extent of what the owner agrees to do? Or does he, is it even liability if some, from something else? I'll protect them from something else from the outside that may happen. How far does it go? Is it just saying, I, I, if you put it here, I will keep my stuff away from you. I will make sure my creatures, my animals, my dog won't do anything. But what about from the outside? Do I agree to protect you or not? Okay, so let's, that's the question thrown out or not. How far does the liability cover? Well, no, no, you told them you could bring it, you can store your stuff here on my property where I'm the one in charge, right? So he can make himself a shomer. So he can make, I mean, usually when we talk about a picadon, that's an individual who's saying, hey, Joe, can you... You pick it up. I'm, I'm can, borrowing it, right? Can you be a shomer chinam? Can you be a shoah, a shomer sachar, a... Uh, mm -hmm, yeah. Right. That he's accepting upon... Uh, an individual can accept upon himself. Stop. He was asked, he was asked, can I, you know, I, I need to... Can I leave stuff in your courtyard? Okay. But they, the Rabbanon are saying he's accepting upon himself. Oh, so, what, right, so it could... also suggesting that the person who's asking for Rashut is asking for Shmir, is asking... Right, but certainly that that guy's animals not go eat my food. I'm going to put my food here. And can I keep it here? So certainly that means, if you say yes, that means I'm going to make sure my animals don't eat it. Or if I put my ox here, I'm going to make sure my dog doesn't bite your ox. Limited liability. There's, right. There's no question that at least that. The question is, does it even go further? I'm going to protect them from the outside. That's the question. So, uh, Tashma, we're in Tashma territory. Let's see what we can figure out. The Tani Rebbe Yudah Bar Siman Benazik in the Karna. He, he taught in the uh, damages that they studied in the Academy of Karna. Hit this peyrosa l'chatzor ba'al by shalobrishus. Case number one. You brought your stuff in without permission. Uba shor memachem acher. And somebody came from the outside and ate your food. And uh, you want to know why the owner didn't come out with his shotgun and chase it away. Potter, he, he didn't have permission to be there. Of course, he's not liable. But v'im hiktis brishus. But if he gave you permission to store your stuff there, and it turned out that he, he, uh, he let somebody else's ox from the outside come in, he's going to be liable. So what do you see? You see that if I give you permission to come in, I'm guaranteeing you're protected here, and not only from myself, even from the outside, and I'm liable if something happens. So that proves it. So Morris said, wait a second. Man potter man chayev. Who, who does it refer to, Pater and Chayef? So, uh, 
lav pater balachater rechayb. Aren't we talking about the owner of the courtyard who promised you you feel safe and secure here, and then uh, it was turned out that was the that was the perfect spot for the robbers to come and take it. Right? He didn't protect you, so we see that he's liable. So the Gemara said, actually, it's not a proof here because he, it didn't say the owner of the courtyard was the one who was chayv and pater. The question is, uh, the one that did the damage, is he liable or not? So really, we're not talking, that case wasn't even referring to the one that gave you permission to be there. You caught the, uh, you caught the ox that caused the trouble. You got the ox that gored your animal. The question is, is he liable uh, for attacking you or not in that situation? So the Morris said, yeah, but if we're talking about the owner of the ox as we turn to today's page, my bishus or my shalobishus. So what does it mean with permission or not permission? It has nothing to do with him. Permission has to do with, we thought we were talking about the owner of the property, gave you permission, didn't. But if we're talking about the mazik, the one who owned the ox, it has nothing to do with whether you had permission to be there or not his ox attacked you. So Amri, the Gemara says there's a difference here. Brishus, uh, if you had a right to be there, Havile Shane Brishus Anizik, then it turned out that it was once you have a right to be there, so that's called your, your property. It was your place. You had a perfect right to be there. And somebody else's uh, animal uh, harmed you there. That's like shame, Rishus, and Nizik, shame, Rishus, If you had a right to be there, then he's going to have liability for letting his animal cause harm to yours. Shalob, Rishus. But if you didn't have a right to be there, so it's like shame, Rishus, Rabin. It's like you suffered a loss in a public place. Shame, Rishus, Rabin, Petura. He's not obligated to pay you. What, what right did you, what right, you're saying, well, he came and attacked my animal. What was your animal doing there? You're saying, what was his animal doing there? He's saying, well, what are you doing here? This is, it's the third guy's property. When, when two people are, are in nobody's specific property and damage is done, you have no right to sue. So that's, uh, so since you can learn that that's the discussion, that case won't help us prove what we want to prove. Because it may be talking about a different issue. Uh, again, there's the issue of the owner taking responsibility, and then there's the issue of the the owner of the of the property, and then there's the issue of the owner of the of the wild ox that did the attacking. And we're saying that we're, this particular case is dealing with the owner of the wild ox, and it could be, you know, the animals are fighting, and they you didn't have a right to be there more than me. You know, you were on someone else's property, and my ox was on so. So don't blame. Uh, there is an opinion that says that when both of you don't, re- it's only when it comes to your private property that you have a right to sue. But if it's out in the public and uh, he has a right to be there and you have, they both equally have a right not to be there. It's an interesting scenario. They're, they're both trespassing, really, right? In other words, uh, I don't have a right to put my ox there and he didn't have a right to put his ox there. And then, uh, so he doesn't have any special liability in that case. And so that's what it's talking. Okay, the bottom line is it doesn't help us. Tashma, we want to know a case where somebody gives you the right to be there and whether he takes responsibility. So back to the drawing board. Tashma, another case. Somebody brings in their ox into somebody else's property and he does it without permission. And a third party ox comes, and it gores him. 
Potter. Um, you, uh, the owner has no responsibility. I didn't even give you permission to be here. Now, v'im hiknes brushus, and if the owner said, uh, you're safe here, you can come here, so then chayv, if something happens, the, uh, the assumption at this point is the owner accepts liability. That was our question. But wait a second. Man potter man chayv. Who are we talking about who's exempt and who are we talking about who's, who's liable? La potter balachatur, chayv balachatur. Aren't we talking about uh, the owner of the property? And then this proves our case. Our question was, does the owner of the property who gives you permission, does he accept responsibility? And since we're probably, the case is, we're talking about the owner, we see clearly he does. Morris says, no, this might, I'm also, lo patr balashor v'chayev balashor. This case is talking about the owner of the act. It's a similar answer to the previous one. Ihachi mai bushusu mai bushusika. So what, what's the discussion of permission or not permission? Uh, neither one of us has permission, right? So Amri Hamani Rev Tarfani. This particular teaching goes like Rev Tarfin. He says that um, he says that if an animal gores, even if he's a tom in private property, he's going to pay full damages. So if you have permission to be there, Havile Karen Nizik. So then, once you have permission to be there, it's your property. In other words, once you're, you're allowed to be there, so he's, he's harming me where I'm allowed to be, so then he's going to pay the full amount. If I don't have permission, then he's damaging me like in Rishus Rabim, and he's only going to pay Chatzin Nezik. The bottom line is that didn't help us either. Again, we, we were looking for a case where we discussed the liability of the owner and since this second case also may be discussing the liability of the owner of the animal, not the owner of the property, that doesn't help us. How, how, do, they, how do they translate trespassing into a private virtues to be chetinezek because it's as if a virtues are rubbing? Why are they, where are they linking that? How are they linking that? Okay. Them? What do you think? Do you have an idea? Uh, well, because... Uh, a Rishus Rabim is where I have as much right to have my animal there as you do. Right. So neither one of us has any rights to have our animal there. It's only on my property that I have the rights to assume that you have no business being here. And if you damage me and my property, I'm going to throw the book at you. But once we're out in the open, you know, where we're, where we're not, in, you have no more rights than I do. So, you know, what right do I have to uh, throw the book at you? Right, but aren't, aren't they saying that if if an ox jumps onto Rishus Yachid and does damage, it's only Chetzinezek? Correct. Right, because he's there without permission. There's a Mazik and then there's a Nizak. Both of them are on your property, and neither one has Rishus to be on your property. Oh, oh, oh. So that uh, makes it like each one of them is really in Rishus the Rabbit. So what's neither the other one? Neither one has Rishus. What's the other? What's the other damager? One one guy owns the ox. What's, who's the other person? If yep. He's not the owner. One guy's a mazik. One guy's a nizak. In other right. words, there are two oxes. One is damaged. Oh. And the there's the property and, owner. And neither one oh, is on your property. Yeah. Two oxes. Neither one of them are owned by the owner of the. Rich. Correct. Correct. Oh. Missed that's the case. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, that's two other guys have their animals on your property. Got it. Property. Okay. So now it makes sense then. 
right? Neither one of them have houses. Neither one has. It's not their private. Uh, I see where the other arts well, come in there. But. It, it comes <laughs> out, Rishusa Rabin, in this sense is, you have where I'm allowed to be, and therefore I have a right to expect you not to cause me any harm. And then you have areas where I have no special rights to be there more than you do. And so then uh, there's no reason, you know, then your liability is somewhat limited because they both had a right to be there. And these things happen when animals are in the public. uh, um, But we didn't manage to prove what we wanted to, so we're going to keep on going in these cases. There was that story with that woman. Wait, is that if there were no virtues or rubbing, then it would still be chesinesic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One, uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, According to one opinion, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. all right. Got it. Okay. Um, an, an animal got gored. Um, you know, an animal got gored, and the question is, the, you know, that, uh, and that, but it was by a tom, so it only pays, it pays half. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, now, if the animal ate food or whatever that might, but but a goring, it seems like normally you expect an owner to watch his cow that it shouldn't gore, that, uh, to try to. So the only thing is, people don't expect it's not wasn't common for animals to do that. So it was that's why we, we only has to pay half the first few times. Okay, Hahi so there was that woman, the Ostalamepa Bahubesa. She went to bake bread in her neighbor's house. Okay. Asa Borcha de Mori de Besa. So she brought her dough there and was letting it proof. And the goat of the owner of the house came and ate her dough. Okal Alicia. Chavel and uh, her, the, uh, the, the, the dough swelled inside the goat's stomach, umes, and the goat died. So uh, now this lady who, who figured her neighbor wouldn't mind if she baked over there didn't ask her neighbor permission to leave her dough there. So again, what happened is she went into the neighbor's oven to bake, and she left her dough there, and the neighbor's goat ate it, and the neighbor's goat died. And uh, we're saying she has to pay for the neighbor's goat. So Chayva Rav Barka. Rav said she has to pay for the neighbor's goat, who she killed by letting her neighbor's goat eat her raw dough. So uh, Lema... Mm-hmm. In the commentary here, it says that it was with permission. Oh, it says it was with permission? It says that it's a- to the house with permission to break the bed. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Um, yeah, that's why she hired. Okay. So, well, is going to talk about it, okay, whether, whether, what, the question was, um, so she's baking, and then the neighbor's goat gets harmed by her dough. So, Lema Pligiata Rav, this sounds like they argue on Rav, Doma Rav, Havile Shalotoho. Rob said, who told the goat to eat? Like, we had this before. Like, right. it's one thing, uh, why am I liable if your animal ate more than it should? Shouldn't you keep an eye on your animals? How do you compare the two? I see. Over there, where we say, you, you weren't there with permission. So, uh, there, uh, no, one, no one said you were safe there. Whereas, oh, this, this, in this case, she had permission to come bake. Keep it land to Rusa. So shouldn't, um, uh, uh, sh- uh, the owner of the goat was responsible to guard his own goat from eating. Yeah. Well, Rishus, keep it. Because it was with, because the dough person, the dough woman, had refused to be there. That was her. That was the woman with the dough who, who had to guard the animal. Oh, who had to also had to 
Yeah. So when she came in, and he says, yeah, sure, I'll let you do it. It was understood, though, if you do it, you'll make sure not to cause any harm. Whose, whose property are they here? The neighbors. She's going to the neighbors so to bake. The one owned the property. The, okay. And, um, and the, the woman owned the goat and the oven. Oh, one person owned both those, and yeah. she was in somebody else's property. Yeah, and then case? you have gotcha. another woman who's got the dough. Got it. With her shoes... Uh-huh. This woman doesn't own the goats. This goat belongs to the owner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She's there by herself, probably because you know when you're baking everything, she's not dressed properly. Uh, no, so we're gonna we're gonna mention that. But yeah. I, but at any rate, we're assuming here that the woman who went there to bake should have been more careful with the owner's goat. So we that's why she had to pay. Why is that so? Well, what about, uh, let's take a similar case where a woman goes to grind grain in her neighbor's house, and in that case she didn't have permission, and the neighbor eats her grain, and if the neighbor's animal gets hurt by eating a grain, so over there, the reason we throw the book at her is because she didn't have permission, but if she had permission, then it wouldn't be her fault if the, if the neighbor's animal ate her food and got harmed. So why is it we have two different cases. In both cases, she's going to the neighbor's house and she's bringing food there. And the neighbor's animal, in both cases, is harmed by eating the food that she brought. In one case, we're saying she should have made sure the neighbor's animal didn't eat and therefore she's liable in the case of the goat. And then in the next case, by the grinder, we say that um, uh, uh, she's, uh, um, she's liable. So uh, the, what's the difference? So Amri, the Gemara answers, time is shalobershus, habershus potter. If she had permission, she wouldn't have had to watch the animal. So what's the difference? Amri, litkon chitim, when a woman grinds grain, kimen de sniusa, that's not necessarily done in private. There's no reason that the other people who are typically there wouldn't be there when she's grinding. So the regular people that watch the goats should watch the goats even though she's using the grinder. So she doesn't have, um, it's really their fault if their animal ate and didn't because they, 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 uh, there's no reason that they should let their goats go and eat in a way that they wouldn't normally do. But when a woman comes to bake, when she makes dough, she needs privacy, the people that hang around usually aren't there. So since no, they, she knew that nobody else would be there, so she should have watched the guy's goat because they wouldn't have expected anyone else to be, not to be there. Now why is it when somebody uh, makes dough, a woman makes dough, that she wouldn't expect somebody to be there? Rashi, because she needs to... Um, Use the roll up her sleeves and use the elbow power. They didn't have the mix masters, you know. Today, it's they had the you know the nice mixer that you push in. In the old days, you had to. It was really like a big, you know. It was a hard. Even today, it's a hard. The dough is like hard to, you know. You gotta you gotta work with it. Um, the uh, so um, it, in a case where it was clear that no one else was there, so obviously she would have to make sure that the guy's goats or whatever, nothing, because... She, but in a case where they would be the natural people watching their animals, so it's not her fault that those animals were eating food they shouldn't. 
whoever watches them always should have continued to watch them. <laughs> That's the... Uh, what, what I find interesting is uh, we, we have the synagogue down the corner that doesn't seem to know that it's, it's, it's not the ideal thing for women to have their arms exposed, you know, like... Uh, and I mean, it's clear that that's, that's, you know, when something's in the Gemara, you know, it's like, a, it's one thing if somebody privately doesn't want to be modest, you know, there, there are worse things and not, you know, we're not judging anybody, but it's, it's, it's somebody, you know, when it's very clear what Jewish normative practices are, then how do other people pretend that they're not, you know, like, uh, it's just, that's not clear to me. I, I don't, I don't fully understand it. I understand people, none of us are perfect. And uh, some of us decide, you know, lack of, of certain modesty in a hot climate, people pick and choose, maybe they're not. But uh, when a synagogue says that that's okay, you know, the Revitzin or other people dress that way, and they, it, it's hard to understand. It, it's, it, they, they pretend that these things aren't in the Torah, but, you know, we just learned the Gemara. The Gemara says when women are baking that, that people wouldn't be around because they don't want to look at the women's arms or they would, they would expect that she, nobody else would, wouldn't be appropriate to, to have women's exposed arms in a public, you know. So, whatever, moving on. You can, you can have your own. I'm just saying, like, these things aren't, it's not, a, it's not, it's not something that some, there are things that are made up, you know, that, uh, meaning that someone decides that, that shaitel is, is too too fancy or, or the clothes are too tight or, you know. So that's a little subjective. Like it's not in the Gemara exactly what kind of, you know, uh, exactly what's considered appropriate or not. But there are certain things that are in the Gemara, you know, that are very big. Moving on. So the guy brings his ox. I'm on tape. i got to be careful. The guy brings his ox into the courtyard. So Omar Rabbi. A guy's ox goes into his neighbor's yard without permission. And he's a Hamas ox. He starts digging holes in the ground. He's digging all kinds of... <laughs> the commentators say that it doesn't mean that he actually digs like a water cistern. Like a... It just means he digs holes. The expression is, he, he, certain oxen, they just, they, they, they're, they're digging away. They're making all kinds of uh, um, holes and... Uh, Ditches and uh, the bottom line is they damage the property. So you got to pay for the damage. You know, the bull in the china cabinet. You got to pay for whatever damage your ox did. Now, what happens though? Once he pays you, uh, the bala chutzer doesn't fix it tomorrow, and he leaves those holes in his property, and someone else comes and trips on the holes that the ox made. The owner of the property now is going to be liable because they, they, oh, there's these holes in his property. Uh, Afa why, Gavdo, would to, Rostein, why would he have to fix those holes if it was the ox of the other guy who made the holes? So he got payment for them. He's supposed to sue the ox owner to pay him back. But uh, he now has to go have them fixed. Doesn't the person who made the damage have to fix it? Um, he has to pay him back, but I, I don't know if he would know how to put the property back exactly the way. Um, but are they even talking about that? Or are they talking about the liability of a boar now? Well, uh, well, this boar, this hole, basically the ox, the ox, uh, mess, you know, dug in the dirt and kicked up the dirt, and so someone else is going to walk in and trip on that. That's and that, it. And that would be the, the, the owner's yeah, thing. That's yeah, that's it. It takes time, though. I mean, the ox did the damage. 
and it has to be settled up, and then you have to fix the hole. And then, but in the interim, someone came and fell in the hole. There was an opportunity. To fix right. The so hole. you have to put up tape and say, you know, don't come in my property no, till it's. Uh, okay. That's the. Uh, now I forgot to Omar Mar, but why is that? Don't we say ki ikra ish bor below shore bor? Um, uh, it, it's only when I made the hole that it's my fault. But over here, it's it's natural. It was made by an animal. It's a work of God. So the The owner of the house should have filled it in below Kamale, and he didn't fill it in to command the Kari dummy. It now becomes his. So even though you're not happy about it, and you didn't ask for it, once you have something on your property that someone could be hurt, Either you put up the tape and don't let them in, or you fill in the hole. That's really what comes out. Omar, another luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, the, I think the more interesting question would be if right away after the, before the man paid him for the damage for the holes, then someone came in and tripped. What happened, you know, right away before anything was paid for? That might be a little different, I don't know. Right. In other words, we said that the, the reason why he has liability is because he should have filled it in. He's aware of it. He's aware of it, and he had the ability to prevent someone else from falling in the hole, and he didn't. So you're asking, what if there wasn't even time to fix it yet? Or, uh, so it's still the other guy's fault. It's just you, you knew that it was on your property, so you know, like, when, at what point does it become your responsibility? That's kind of the question. Okay. I'm going to have another teaching. Somebody brings their ox into someone else's property without permission. The hizik is balabais, and either it, it then goes and gores the owner of the property. Oh, balabais huzikbo. Or, um, oh, I'm sorry, the balabais damages it, or the balabais gets hurt with it. Chayef. Uh, the person who put the animal there has to. He has to take responsibility. He had no permission to be there. Either way, even when his ox is damaged yeah. by, the owner of the by the owner of the property. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, Ravats, what if the animal crouched on the property and then somebody got hurt? Putter. So Morris said, the machine to Ravats Putter. What do we care? What the, just because the crouch? I mean, basically, he doesn't belong there. So if, he, if anybody gets hurt, why isn't he liable? So I'm a papa, my row, what does it mean? Shahir bits glowing. It means uh, it went to the bathroom and left lots of reminders that it was there. Uh, and the owner's things got dirty because the guy left lots of dung there. So what's the reason in that case that you can't sue the guy? This happens every day where people are supposed to, what do they call it, curbing your dog or whatever, keeping it from, uh, you're supposed to use a, a pooper scooper and pick up what a dog leaves. What if he didn't? And, and then you stepped in it and you got it on your nice shoes. So the um, uh, it comes out that these, um, this dung is a bore. It's, it's something that causes harm. A, a bore means something that's going to cause damage. And by leaving your dog do in the middle of somebody's yard, you're, gonna, you're leaving a bore there. But below Messina bore Shekai Boasakalim. Usually you don't have to pay the dry cleaning bill for the bore. Somebody trips in the bore, they're, they're obligated in damages like medical damages, but they don't, they don't usually, if you break something when you fall on the bore, you don't, so here also, if you slip on the dung and you hurt yourself, then you could sue the owner of the dog. 
But if you get the dung on your suit and you have a dry cleaning, then uh, we don't find that you have to pay for the, the vessels for the board. That, now, it could be Medina Shemaim you do, but at least in a court, they won't make you pay for kalim that get damaged in a board. So, that's like Shmuel who says anything that causes damage is in the category of board. But according to Rob, says Adam he says that's only if, you, if nobody owns it. And everybody's going to own their precious dung, Michael Amemer. So the Morris says, no, stam glolim afker mafkele. No, people usually don't plan on going back and getting their dung uh, that they leave there. Now, there's certain value to it. Certain dungs are, are worth for fertilizer and other things. Fuel. A fuel. So, uh, but we're saying that the average person, when they leave a deposit in somebody's yard, they give up ownership. And so that's why it's called more. Biyama Rav, another thing. So it would become hefker. So why would they be liable for this? Because damage? a boar is hefker. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the, the category of boar means that you like left something in the. Okay. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. Rava taught if you came into someone else's house and you caused harm to him, oh balabais, or he he got either it went and attacked him or he tripped over it. So Chayev, then you're obligated. Heziku Balabais. Now, what happens if the Balabais damaged your ox? Then he's Potter. So Omre Papa Lo Ame and Lo That's only because he didn't know it was there. Abay Habe Yodebe Heziku Balabais Chayev. And then the, the owner damaged your thing that was left there. He shouldn't do that. My time, Rishum De Omre, and he Isle Rishus Lafuke. I agree that you have permission to kick me out. Lazuke, but to damage it, less leirishus. So again, what happens is it, your ox went in there and he shoots it. <laughs> so if he just kicks it out, that he has permission to do. If he shoots it, if he kills it, he doesn't have permission to do. But also, Tamaus can sit down as we turn the page. Shnei brishus or Shnei Mshul brishus. Either they both have a right to be there or neither one. Heziku Chayav and they're responsible. Huzuk if they get harmed by, uh, they didn't they didn't do it on purpose, but they they slipped on it. Time of the shneim brishus or shneim, but it's either they had permission, or they didn't. But if one had permission and one didn't, the brishus. If you had permission, your partner shalom brishus, then you're liable. Moving on, new case. On these cases, when there's shalom brishus and another's chatzer, we don't talk about chatzin nezek or nezek shalem. Do it's always nezek shalem. We're going to get to it. We're going to talk about that. In other words, you want to know, is it a Tom or is it a Mui? Like when it, um, okay, we're going to talk about it. Okay. So uh, the, this other guy's animal fell into your water cistern and it made your water supply go bad. In the Middle East, that's like, you know, the, that, that's very, a person's water, that's what they're going to live through in the dry season. And the animal goes and it, uh, it messes up your water. He's responsible. So, uh, that's when it fell, uh, it did the damage, and that's why he's liable. Uh, but if it happened later, it, the water initially was good. Uh, then, uh, and, and the water went bad, it's pater. My time, I have a sure bore. In this case, the thing causing the damage is the ox. And the water in the it is like as a, is a, is a vessel. Normally, he left his dead ox. It damaged my water. 
usually that you don't have uh, liability for that. That's if you say his dead ox is like a is like a pit. Uh, but he has to give up ownership. He didn't give up ownership. He's going to pick up the hide. If you learned it, this is how you learned it. That's if the damage was... Um, what we're trying to say is this is not like a pit, so he will be liable for the, the damage that it causes. Uh, again, a pit, something that falls in a pit, you're obligated on physical damage of a person, but not for vessels. So our question was, isn't this water a vessel? The answer is, this isn't in the category of boar because he plans on getting his animal. So then the question is, of course, if his animal damages your water, he's liable. So Morris said, That's if it damaged it from its body. What if it's just the smell? I imagine that an ox that died in the pit, the water isn't going to taste so good. <laughs> it doesn't taste good. It doesn't smell good. Putter, my time, a grama bialma. Smell damage is perfectly drinkable. It just smells bad. The grama, that's grama. So I, I think I mentioned, I, I once did a Chalvi Srel run. Um, there was, uh, I, uh, I, did it, uh, I did this as a teenager as a, to go and uh, watch the cows and make sure it came. And uh, when I came home to my wife, she was, <laughs> it was like, whoa, like, you know, take those clothes off and, you know, put them in. I had no idea that the sm- there's a smell to cows and they cling- it clings to you. And you just, you don't realize it until you go around another, where have you been? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. so, uh, uh, yes. Uh, they're bringing down to the name of Rashi, Yosef, etc. The smell is associated with the dead carcass, not just regular odor. So okay. This the, meaning that the smell is coming a period of time afterwards. So you could have taken, you could have gotten the carcass out. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't. And it wouldn't have smelled bad. It was the fact it that it was. Bad. Mm, I see. Well, certainly to transfer to all the water, I imagine, or to. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you. That's a good point. Uh, I'm talking about just even the, the all being around any cow, there's a smell, but its carcass would be infinitely worse. So then we get to the case where there was, it fell in the pit and there was a person's father or son inside the pit that he has to pay the kofar. But my hatamhu, why does he have to pay? This gets to what, what Steve was asking, does he pay full or part? But it, w- normally you don't pay kofar if, it, if you haven't done this before. I mean, how many times have you killed the guy's father or his son, right? So, uh, but this animal's got a record. He's always fallen on people. But Boris Askinu. So Morris says, well, if this animal likes to crunch people in pits, so don't you think he would have been condemned by now, especially by the third time? So, the animal, it, it, when it sees vegetation, there's certain kinds of vegetation in the pit, so it, it's just a klutz. It, it like sticks its head in the pit and then it falls in there. So it's done that before. So it's a, it's, it can be a moid because it, this animal is like always falling in pits, but it's not uh, killed because it was just intending to eat. Um, uh, he says that Tom pays half kofer. He says no. He says He says that other damages, uh, even like horn damage, you pay nezek shalom. We're running into a question. Uh, this was the original question that Steve threw out: Is that does it make a difference when these animals damage if it's the first time or not? How do you look at these the damage in brishus hanizik in the private property? 
does Tamid Moed apply or not? It turns out it's a Mechlokas. That's why it mentions them. Um, the Elu Shmu, Ma'ir Avivo, Benoah, Filu Achor, anybody. So the more said, Urchad Tani. You're right, it's just a. Uh, it's just the normal, who's in your property, your kids, your family members, but it didn't have to, it could have really been, uh, it could have been anybody. Stein? Yeah. I, I was going to ask also, with that shore that came into your property, who dug the holes, the digging shore, yeah. uh, is that considered carrying damage when he digs with those holes, would you say? Is that carrying um, I'm not sure because we had some opinions that Karen is only when it intends to harm. It's probably more like Shane, like eating or a rego, yeah, or like, yeah, like rego. Yeah. yeah. So then we said, if you had permission to be there, we hold like the Tanakamish, full said we hold like Rabbi. Let your axe come in and I'll watch it. And Hizik. Uh, and the animal causes harm. I promised I'd watch it. Hutzak, somebody gets hurt, Pater. Kind of, because I, I get, yeah. I'm sorry, just to hurry. It says Visham Ro, meaning that the, not the homeowner's going to guard it, but the other guy's going to guard it. You oh. Bring in your ox to my property and guard it. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. You're correct. Tanur, let's start that again. Tanur, Abana, Kanish, Sharecha, Visham Ro. I'll let you bring it in, but you keep an eye on it. He tells you, you watch it. And then, so Hizik, and then he doesn't watch it and it causes harm. He's Chayev. Huzak, if it gets hurt, I don't got to pay. I told you, you can put it there, but keep an eye on it. That's the case. He said, bring it in and I'll watch it. So Huzak Chayev Hizik Pat. So Gufa Kasha, we're a little confusing here. First we say, you watch it, it's a Pater. Time the reason is because I told you to watch it. The owner of the axe is responsible. So you can't blame the owner of the courtyard. But if he hadn't said it, then the courtyard guy would be responsible. The default is, if I didn't tell you to watch it, the assumption is I would have watched it. But then look at the next case. You bring it in, and I promise you I'll watch it. Then you're exempt. Time to because I promised you I'll watch it. But if I hadn't promised to watch it, this is like Rabbi Doma Achigim Niturusa. The contradiction here is in one case, we seem to say it's because he tells the other guy to watch it that the other guy is responsible, but the owner of the ox. But otherwise, I accept responsibility. Then in the next case, it's, I tell you I accept responsibility. That applies if I didn't tell you, I don't. So the implications from the two cases are a contradiction. Is it only when I promise you, or is it only when you promise me? Which of the two, how does the liability work? So, there's a contradiction. So, yeah, Tavra, Misha, Shanizu, we had this answer before. Different cases are different opinions. One opinion says it's only when he says clearly that he's accepting responsibility. The other opinion says, no, you can assume he accepts it unless he tells you he doesn't. Who, who, who is the burden of proof on? Does he have to say, I accept no responsibility? Or does he have to tell you, I do accept responsibility? That's one answer. Rabbi says, Kula Rabbanin. Really, it's all like the Rabbanin. I didn't know. Since the first case... He said, um, 
I will, uh, you should watch it. So the Sefer, he said, I will watch it. But he doesn't have to say, I will watch it. He, it's assumed he will watch it. That's one way to learn. Rapapa says, you can learn, it's all Rebbe. So he holds like Ritar for Omar. Karen, that in private property, even the first time you pay completely, the whole thing. Hilka, Omar, Le Shamru. If you told him you got to keep an eye on it, lo I'm not being super hospitable. If I tell you you got to put it here and you got to watch it, I'm not giving you my yard. I'm telling you, I'm letting you be here, but I'm giving you the responsibility. Then it comes out uh, that it's like you have damage um, in. Um, uh, uh, this damage is in private property. but you have to pay through the nose. Low Omar Shamru, But if I didn't tell you uh, that you have to watch it, and I told you be at home, so if I told you come in and be at home, it's as if I gave you my courtyard for you to be here. and then you're an equal partner, and then when the damage comes, So it comes out a new twist here. When before we were just just dealing with the liability issue, when he says come in, is he accepting responsibility or not? But now we're saying if I tell you you can be here, but you have to watch, so I'm really not making it yours. So there, if that's the case, when inevitably there is damage, the question is, do we treat it like private property and it's full damage that paid, or do we treat it like public property and it's only half damage? So since I never said that be at home and I'm taking response, I said, you can be here, but you better watch it and take care of it. It's, so I, it's really not like private property. So therefore, it's not going to be Nezik Shalom. Whereas if I told you, yeah, you could be here, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll watch it. So then I'm in effect giving it to you. And so then when the damage happens, uh, so then it would be full damages. So, so full damages, half damages would be the difference. In this case, we'll stop here at the Mishnah. Have a great day.